hard. I'm going to hit hold. Sorry, I got two mics to put on. Okay. I will attempt to do that. Let me erase the board here. I uh, can't stand to have a dirty board. everybody doing today what do you guys think I'm just curious what do you guys think about this way of the master we've been doing it what three four weeks now we're in chapter two right we're in chapter two today right so so what do you guys think you you, you're kind of silent is this is this a little bit overwhelming or yeah, I've talked to a few of you. Yeah, I remember the first time I went over it. And I this is like my third time, but the two times I went through it was when I first came here. And so it was, you know, all new. Um, and, and it was overwhelming. But you know what? The thing about this is it, it just really gives us a, a structure and a beginning point, a groundwork, although it's got so many elements involved in it, they're really simple. If we can just begin to use the law, and it, it, it is a little bit um, scary at first when you think about it, but, but the cool thing I like about this, the most that I like about this is that it, it takes the argument out of it, if you will. It bypasses the intellect and it goes straight to the heart, to the conscience. So God can begin to speak to him and the Holy Spirit can begin to convict. So that's the thing that I like most about it. And, you know, over the years, I mean, uh, I've adapted and I think you all will adapt your own style. But the good thing I like about it, we're going to look at some icebreakers today, hopefully, if we have time. And I'll pass some of them out. They're little... uh, they're little like they're like little tracks, but they're they're a way to break in and use the way of the master, right? And what's the theme of it? Steve talked about it last week. It means a what 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 do you give them? We use this as a law to the proud, right? That's why you use the law. Is because most people. Ooh, this is gonna be hard with this up there. Man down. Hey, what's going on, Sean? Most people. What do you think? Are they pretty humble? When you talk to them. Yeah. No, they're very uh, <laughs> proud and defiant. Right. And they want to argue. Especially in this country, you know. I know, I know. Brian Clark said over in England, it's it's a lot that way too. Yeah. But you know, America, England. I mean, we're we're proud people, right? Yeah. We're a different culture. So the thing about it is, that's why it's very important to use the law, right? Because what does the law do? Teaches you. Teaches you. Humor. 
Yes. Yeah. It begins to soften the heart and make it pliable to where God can speak to their conscience through the law. Because if you look at it, and if you're honest at all, like like we've seen in some of the videos, and we'll look at this one we looked at three weeks ago. We'll look at it, a short video again today, uh, Lord willing. Um, but it's a law to the proud. And what's the other one? What's the flip side of that? There's always a contrast, right, in God's world. There's always a contrast in the Bible, right? So if it's a law to the proud, it's grace to the humble, right? So what does that mean, grace to the humble? It's a free gift, and there's nothing we can do to earn it. We can't uphold the law, so... Right. If they're humble, you you can... I like what what, uh, it says in the book of Jews. On some... Uh, save on some, yeah, some saving them with compassion. Can you look that up, Jim? Yeah, I know what you mean. That's a good verse. That's talking about different ways of dealing with right. There's there's two basic ways of dealing with people. You have two different basic types of people. Either they're proud or they're humble. Yeah, June twenty two through twenty four, and of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, eating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Right, right. Yeah. So that would be with fear, you know, saving them so as by f- pulling them out of the fire. That would be the proud, right? Yeah. You need to give them the the law or the fire and brimstone. You need to tell them. Yeah. Make them understand where they're at. Yeah, that's how I got saved. But, but, the great, but if they're humble, you can show compassion, you know? So, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is by grace we're saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of ourselves, right? So, you can show them that. So, let me... Um, let me pray. That would be a good idea. Remember, the first the first week we talked about we're gonna we're gonna do this together, right? This is a team project, right? In in God's world, I mean, we have the church, right? We we are a team, and He wants to use us within that body together. So we open in prayer and and we close in prayer, because um, this you know sharing the gospel is not easy for anybody. I know it's certainly never been easy for me. Yeah, I struggle with it. I mean, I struggle trying to be consistent with it and and doing it right. And, you know, when it works, it's just because God laid the groundwork and prepared the whole situation. You know, so prayer is so important. So let's pray. Father, uh, I thank you so much for everybody that's present here today, each and every soul. Lord, they're precious to you and all souls are precious to you. And um, I just pray that you would use our time together to be able to exercise some of the principles that we learn and be able to effectively and intentionally share our faith with others in a way that is most effective, in the way that you show us, in the way of the Master. And help us to use this time to 
overcome some of those fears that we all have by uh, gaining the knowledge that we need to be able to go out and have some confidence and uh, to be able to humbly go out and have confidence and share our faith. Lord, um, we need your help, and we just ask that you would be with us today and that, like we prayed three weeks ago, that you would give us the desires of your heart, that your desires would become our desires. And we know that your heartbeat is to save as many as are willing to receive you, Lord. And I pray that we would be humble servants and we would be effective and learn to just submit ourselves to the leading of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, we're going today... Uh, Steve asked me to just go through the last lesson that we did. Did did everybody do um, chapter two? Hell's greatest secret is that what it's called? Hell's greatest yeah. secret. Hell's best kept secret. Hell's best kept secret. Excuse me. Did did everyone get a chance to look at that over the last week? Because that's what we're going to go through today. Because I think, you know, the hardest part, what do they say? A journey of a, of a thousand miles began with that very first step, right? We take it one step at a time. So I think the hardest part in this, especially, especially if it's overwhelming, is let's get started. Let's do this together, okay? And that's what we're going to do today. So we've looked at chapter 1 for two weeks. We're going to spend this week in chapter 2 wrapping it up, doing the exercises together so you become familiar. And um, like we mentioned last week, there you can go on YouTube and you can watch all the way of the master videos. And they've got... I mean, they've been doing this for almost 20 years. So they've got, they've got lots of them. And it just, you know, saturate yourself with how to do it. And it will become more second nature as we go out and begin to share our faith personally. You know, it, it takes away the fear as we go out and we see God begin to work in the things that we learn. And we take those tools and learn to use them and work with them. So, I'm excited about this. Are you guys excited? Huh? We're going to be doing this for the rest of the year. So, you know, we should, we should uh, really get excited about it. Because there's no greater time to learn this and share your faith than Thanksgiving. Christmas, this time of year, right? I mean, I found that not only COVID was a perfect way to soften people's heart and or harden it. I mean, it'll do one of the two, but um, so is this time of year. So anyway, I'm excited about it. So let's get started. We're going to go through and um, I just wanted to start with applying the principles on page 12 in chapter 2. Okay, so we'll look at a couple of these on page 12. And this is like Jim read that verse in Jude 23 and 24, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 22 and 23. 
um, on some having compassion, making a difference. And this is how we cultivate compassion, is by going through this, learning these things, and learning that this is why God created us is to be a witness for him and share our faith, right? So, in this cultivating compassion section for the lost, cultivating compassion for the lost, we see that um, that uh, am I in the right? Am I in the right chapter? I'm not in the right chapter. I'm in chapter one. Okay. Oh, I know. I know what it was. Um, Steve wanted me to ask you, first of all, before we get started, to who... He gave you an assignment last week. You remember what it was? It was a verse, a memory verse. And it was Hebrews 9.27. Did anybody memorize that? For man to die once. And as it is appointed... Man wants to die, and then the judgment, right? And then the judgment. So that's a very foundational principle because what does it teach us? Well, we're all going to die, right? (laughs) Did you know that? We're all going to die. You kept a secret. (laughs) Death is a scary thing for all of us, right? It is. That's our biggest fear is what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to die. And sometimes you have problems and you get older, like like me, and you're like, oh, you know, is this it? Is this the big one? You know, (laughs) Ethel (laughs) or whatever her name was. (laughs) Yeah, right. So you start thinking about those things more so. But... The thing is, God wants us to think about, you know, other people too, and get them to think about it and and learn to witness. Uh, so, that's that's a point point. It's a very important um, aspect because just like we're all going to die, we need to know what comes next. Well. Right after we die, we face God. Then the judgment, right? Once to die, then the judgment. So everybody, that's why it's so important when you use that, you know, and you ask somebody, well, where do you think you go when you die, when you get to that point? You know, where do you think? Do you think uh, God should let you in heaven after you take them through the law? And it's like, you know, either they're, well, yeah, I'm a good person, or well, I haven't done anything that that bad, and I think the good it outweigh the bad, that kind of stuff. You know, it's there's a judgment, and God has a standard, right? And so that's what we're giving him in the law. God's righteousness is held up to that standard in the law, like we look at. So without that standard, heaven looks like the world. And he didn't make heaven to look like the world, so he has to oh, yeah. standard. Yes. That's very good, Connie. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for for memorizing that. Okay, because it's really it's not that hard. But that is the key verse. We all need to to know that and and memorize it if you can. It's not that long. We got another memory verse at the end. It's right there if you can read it. So that's Matthew. Um, 
Oh, I didn't write it up there. Matthew, what is it? 527? 527 and 28. So we're going to do that at the very end. Okay? But let's get back to applying the principles. Because why would an individual's understanding of his specific personal violations of God's law help the good news of the gospel to make sense? The grace of love, being loved no matter who you are and what you've done, how he can save you. Yeah, but we're talking, well, yeah, that comes afterwards, but it's, it's a law to the proud, right? Okay. Before, why, why would an individual's specific understanding of his personal violations of, of God's law and how he broke that um, help the good news? This is how he's Yeah, he knows he's done wrong. Yeah, basically, you have to know what you did wrong, right? Like they say, you know, if you if you've ever got a speeding ticket or got a ticket, and you go before the judge and and you try to plead the fifth and say, well, I didn't see it or I didn't know that. Like they say, ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? The law is the law. God created us and all of creation, and He's got certain law, uh, laws that He goes by. So once you once you find out that it's against the law, then you have no ignorance anymore. That's right, and that's exactly what you're doing, Kevin. Good job. You're you're making them aware of God's standard, the law. Yeah and how specifically they broke it. I like what they use in way of the master where they talked about, you know, a doctor going in. If he just came up to you and he said, I got this great cure. I've got this great cure. Here, take it, take it. You know, and 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 told you it would it would cure you, but not really what of and everything. And, you know, you probably just like, okay, you know, and not think that much of it. But if he came in and did a proper diagnosis and he said, you've got like 10 different spots on you and, and it's, it's, it's cancer and it's a terminal kind. And if you, you know, you're, you're going to die, you're going to die in a few months. But the good news is we've got this cure and all you got to do is is take this shot or take this for a week or or something like that and and you can live. You can live. You go on living, you know. Then it's going to it's going to make a lot of difference, right? That cure. It's the way you present it because they have to know the problem and understand the magnitude of the problem. Right, before it's ever, why do I need to solve that, right? It's kind of like putting the horse before the cart. Yes, yeah, yeah it is, it's good, it's good Rosie, yeah, very good, so... So that's why it's so important. That's why, you know, knowing... And, you know, the thing is, you don't... I mean, the first thing is, okay, I've got to memorize the Ten Commandments and everything. I've got little, I've got little coins that, that I'll pass out. And these are little icebreakers, too. So um, could, could you pass these out, Rosie? Everyone have them. And it's got the Ten Commandments right on it. So... 
you know, you can always carry that with you, all right? But I think you'll never use more than, like, the first three. And I think the three that they almost always use the majority of the time are really the best, that progression that they follow, right? Do you remember... um, it was, it was, have you ever told a lie, first of all? Because, I mean, let's face it, I don't care how righteous you are uh, with or without God, everyone is told a lie, right? So you ought to be able to get them to be honest about that if they really think about it. it may, you may have to twist a little. But, um, and then the next one would be... Um, uh, I'm blank. Stealing. Stealing, right. Have you ever stolen anything? And then, you know, a lot of people are afraid to admit that. So they might be like, no, I don't. Oh, come on. You never stole like a piece of candy when you were little or something like that. And then, you know, they'll, they'll like think about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Okay, so what does that make you? It makes you a thief. A stealer. Right, a stealer. Either one. Right? So so you're a liar and a stealer. And then the third thing is, and this is really good, especially, especially with men. So have you ever looked at a woman with lust in your heart or or for a woman have you ever looked at a man and you know what they they might say no but Jesus said in Matthew 5 27 and 28 right there it's our memory verse that you know you have heard that it was said that thou shalt not commit adultery and there's a lot of people that could say I've never committed adultery you know in the physical sense, I've never committed adultery. But, he says, but I say to you that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. Right? And there lies the problem. Because our disease is a disease of the heart. And that's what people need to understand. This sin disease... It's, it affects our whole heart. It's the way we look at the things, the way we see things. And if it's in the heart, it will come out, right? Eventually, it always comes out unless it's addressed and we take the cure in Jesus Christ, right? So, so by your own admission, you know, you're a, you're a liar and you're a thief and you're an adulterer at heart, right? So, if you're to go before the judge on that last day, if, if if you have one life and then the judgment, what do you think? Should he let you in? And most people, I mean, well, I've broken God's law. You know, that's just three of them. And so, yes, you know, eventually they're going to come to the conclusion, you would think, if they're honest, that no, you know, where are you going to go, heaven or hell? I guess I'll go to hell. You know, does that concern you? That sounds so rough. You know, Steve said that too. The first time I heard that, does that concern you? It's like just like a doctor. Just well, yeah, yeah, it does. Of course it does. Man, you plowed the ground for most people. Not everybody. 
I mean, you know, there's still people that would say, eh, not really. They're just so hardened. But you know what? That's that's what God's law does. It plows the ground. And I would say if you can get to that point with somebody, there's really a good chance that they would see it, the light bulb would come on, and that they would pray with you. you know? I've been having the issue of people that don't like believe in a God at all. Yeah. Right. A lot of people. And that's really pride at its ultimate. Because deep down, I mean, really everybody believes in a God. Deep, deep down. Yeah. And they just don't want to submit to his authority. That's really that's really the case. I mean, some of the most smartest scientists, atheists, I mean, when they got on their deathbed, they were like, man, I, I did all these things. I wasted my life, and I never really considered what God had or what God made. And they, they confessed that there must be a God. You know, when you get to that point, it's that death card. Once you get that death card in there, you know, that makes all the difference in the world. And that's what the law does. It makes us see that we're all guilty, right? In Romans 3.19, can somebody read that? It kind of tells us that. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Right. Is that is that nineteen and twenty? Three nineteen. Can you read twenty also? Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, and all upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. So that's that's the good news to the bad news. But three nineteen, what's what's the job? What is it uh, what does um, the law do? Makes you see you're guilty. Yeah, it, it stops your mouth, right? It's it, I like that what it says. It stops their mouth. You know what? What does that mean to stop their mouth? There's no comeback. There's no. There's no There's no excuse, right? Like we looked at Romans two fifteen, that their thoughts and their intents are either accusing or excusing one another, and that's the problem. When we stop, we we operate in our sin nature. We we bypass the conscience because we're guilty. We know we're guilty, but you know we make excuses, we rationalize, you know. But really, we all know we're accused. You know, without Christ. We all face the same the same judgment, right? You know, nobody looks for a savior if they don't need a savior. That's right. Yeah, that you're exactly right. Right, you've got to show them the need, the desperate need, you know, and that's what the law does. So, so um, one more, and then Jim and I are going to do a little a little uh, 
uh, scenario, yeah, scattered scenario. Um, but in uh, since we are saved by grace through faith and not by the law, what then is the primary purpose of God's law for a sinner? And if somebody will look up Galatians uh, 3.24, that really tells us the answer to this. You know, what is the purpose, the primary purpose of God's law for a sinner? Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we may be justified by faith. Right. So the law's purpose, it's to be our schoolmaster, right? It's a schoolmaster. It's like a tutor. It's to teach you how we've broken God's law and in what points and show us our need for a Savior. Right, Pam? Yeah. So that's that's what it's good for. You know, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people, especially in today's world, it talks about the modern gospel where they take all of that out. That's what, it, what it's really talking about in uh, um, chapter 2, Hell's Best Kept Secret, is in our modern day, most churches and even new Bibles and different Bibles, they, they water down and take out the real truth about judgment and hell and all the things that we need to soften our heart up so we can receive the Savior. That, yeah. uh, on that one point there, uh, I was talking to someone the other day talking about God and trying to get him. And they're, they were saying, oh, they don't need to go to church. You know, they've got everything under control. I think that's part of what the thing is. They're afraid to turn their life over to God because they don't yeah. want to lose control. <laughs> right. They're, they think they can handle whatever goes on in their life. Right. And by not letting go, they, mm-hmm. they don't admit they there's things they cannot control or they don't have a grasp on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you know their way is the way. That's that's a good point because a lot of people will say, "Hey, do you want to come to church?" So they start there. Yeah. The modern gospel. Hey, you know, would you, you know, maybe this can help you. It can help improve you or make you a happier person. You know, and it talks about the modern gospel promising all this love, joy, peace, and really not saying anything about you know our our condition. You know what I like what Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? In my case, that was it. You know, that's, you know, by me not admitting I had a problem. Right. I thought I had everything under control. Right. And it was just the total opposite. It was out of control. And I was scared to like, I had a problem or that somebody else needed to take control of my life. Right. And I think, you know, in this day and age, all of us are scared to let go and let someone else have control of our lives. Right. Admit that they're, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Right. And we need to be led somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Please led the right way. Right. Well, Unless we're following the Bible and following Jesus Christ, we, none of us know what we're doing or where we're headed either. You know, so, so it's that primary purpose. We need the law to be the schoolmaster to help lead them to Christ and see the need for a Savior. So, so anyway, Jim and I are going to do, um, do this little scenario skit. Yeah, you need a, to, 
do we need a stand back? Stand by the P. Okay. Right there. This way. Okay. There. There you go. Okay. Stand by the door. Okay. Sounds good. All right. I've got cigarettes. Oh, man. In the car. Hey, Al. <laughs> hey, Al. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, Al? Good hey, to see you. Good, good to see you, Mr. Christian. So, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing awful. I'm having a, a terrible day. It couldn't get any worse. Why is that? Well, my wife left me. Oh, wow. So, big problems. Your wife left you. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so. she left me. Uh, so, I've got this other problem with, with alcohol. I yeah. can't stop drinking. Yeah. And I've also got a little bit of a gambling problem. Mm. And they're probably related. But anyway, yeah. I, got, I got big problems. Right, right. So, so, how did all this happen? Well... Actually, if I could borrow a few bucks from you first, mm-hmm. do you have any money I could borrow? Well, <laughs> um, let me ask you something before before we go there. Yes. Uh, do you ever pray? Oh. oh, I pray all the time. I got all these problems. I've got yeah. court cases. I've got DUIs. Uh, my wife left me. My kids won't speak to me. Yeah. I got all kinds of problems. I pray all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So let me ask you this: What do you think when you die? Where Where does somebody go when they die? Where Where would you go? Oh, the the man upstairs. I'll I'll go to heaven. Oh, okay. Everyone? Sure. Everyone goes. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that you'll go up there? Sure. I'm a good guy. I've never hurt anybody. I mean, yeah. I drink, I do things I shouldn't do, but yeah. I don't ever hurt anybody. So why should God let you into heaven? Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a good guy. You're a good guy? Everybody likes me, except my wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. okay, okay, so let me ask you, have you, have you kept the Ten Commandments? Well, I don't, I'm not a Bible reading man, I don't mm-hmm. know what the Ten Commandments are, but okay. probably, well, probably not. Well, let me let me let me ask you this then. So, um, have you ever told a lie? That's one of the commandments. Well, we've all told some kind of lie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, 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 so uh, if you told a lie, and, and, the, and the commandments say, "Thou shalt not lie," what does that make you if you broke it? Uh, well, I would. I would be a liar. Okay. Okay. If I had a reason, but I would be okay. a liar. Okay. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, that's good. So, so have you ever? Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, it says, "Thou shalt not steal." Have you ever stolen mm. anything in your life? Well, yeah. Even I, small. I borrowed a few things. Yeah. Borrowed. Borrowed. Yeah. Took them and didn't okay. give them back. Well, you know. Yeah. We all do. Right. Right. So, what does that make you if you if you steal oh. something? Well. Yes, a, a stealer. A stealer, yeah, a thief, right? A thief, right, yeah. right. Okay, let me let me ask you one more. Have you ever in your life have you ever looked at a woman with lust in your heart towards her? 
Yeah. Be honest. I, I, I think I have. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't? We all do. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Most most of us, yeah, we do. But you know what? You know what Jesus said in Matthew five twenty seven. He said, he said that, you know, that God's law says thou shalt not commit adultery. Sure. But he says now that if you even look at a woman with lust in your in your heart, mm-hmm. that you have already mm. committed adultery, just like you did the act. Mm. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. What would what would that make you? An adulterer. An adulterer. Okay. Okay. Like your wife. Right? Well, it, it is kind of contagious. You know, that sin is contagious. So, by your own admission, you, you're, you're a, a liar and a thief and an adulterer at heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, if you were to go before God, what do you think? Should he let you in? Hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, Al. Listen, just for a second. I, you know, I really care about you. And I, want, I just want to say all these other problems combined can't compare to anything that you'll be facing on the day of judgment if you don't turn your problems and your life over to the care of Jesus Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. But I got all these other problems. I don't have time for this yeah. Bible stuff. Yeah. You see, you see, Jesus, God doesn't want you to go to hell, right? Because right. that's the judgment for anyone that doesn't receive his son. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't want you to go to hell. Um, you know, I don't want you to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell, right? Right? So there's nothing more important than to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. And and you know what? Today is the day of salvation, Al. So you could do that. You could do that right now. Yeah, maybe later. Okay. Thanks for the talk. Okay, Al. I have something... I have something for you, Al. Oh. You know, yeah. So you can think about it okay. because everybody puts it off a lot. You know, the yeah, first do. few times. Yeah. And the thing is, I want to give you a round to it because oh, I know you'll get around I'll to it around someday. To <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jim. So that's good. So um, we have we have lots of little you know icebreakers like comebacks like round to it you know and it explains what procrastination can do. It just helps them. You know, some people are just really afraid to pray. I've had people that you know just like Jim go through go through the whole plan of salvation and they would say oh I need it oh yeah I'm you know I'm afraid of facing God in the judgment and they would say all the right things but then I would share like Romans 10 9 and 10 you know the, the verse that says that if thou if you shall confess with your heart the Lord Jesus Christ right you're confessing him as Lord that means you're going to turn your life over to him and and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead that means truly believe that 
he's the only one that's ever risen from the dead. He proved he was God. He proved he was perfect. He paid the perfect priceless penalty for your sin. You know, it's promises, each and every one of us. Thou shalt be saved, you know. But when they think about that, and I said, would you like to do that? Confess with your mouth. Would you like to pray? Some people, they get to that point, and they're ready. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I do that every day. Or, or you know, uh, I just don't, I don't pray. You know, I don't pray in front of people, you know. And that's, you know what? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you can always just encourage them to go home and pray. But I think a lot of times if if they are so afraid that they can't or, or really it's a matter of pride. Yeah. If they can't pray and ask, you know, then I don't know. That's that's kind of an issue where maybe God has to soften them up so much. It's not like they have to pray with you right there. You know, necessarily, but they do have to confess to God, you know, yeah. and confess Him as Savior. And, and it also says that if we confess Him before men, He will also confess us before the Father, mm-hmm. right? Right. So it's important. And that's the thing about you and I when we go out and, and we witness is we are confessing Him before men, we're glorifying God. We're being a witness. And I've heard this before. This really shocked me, you know, some years back when I, one of the missionaries or one of the pastors, I can't remember, was preaching from the pulpit and was saying, you know what? If you go out and share your faith and they just flat turn you down, they laugh at you, whatever they do, you glorify God with with that witness, with that testimony. You're glorifying God no matter what. You leave the results in His hands because we don't save anybody, you know? That's what I like about that, you know? When people say, hey, you're a soul winner, you know? We're not called to be soul winners. That's Jesus' job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We're, we're called to be soul warners, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, not in a, you know, and I grew up in Southern Baptist, so I really, I mean, I didn't, I, it, our church changed to more of a Southern Baptist uh, flair, you know, when I got a little bit older. And so, I mean, I really don't like that strong arm, you know, necessarily fire and brimstone, judgmental, you know. But at the same time, you've got to be real with people. And you've got to be honest so that you can show compassion. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, this is the memory verse for... Next week, you think you think you can memorize that, or at least become familiar with it. Yeah. You know, because that's really important. Because, like we went through that scenario with Jim, um, you know, that really is like the kicker. I think where people start seeing like the light come on. You know, yeah. so um, it's it's like. It's like the light bulb of their conscience starts 
going going off and telling, oh, like I didn't even realize that I'm a I'm a sinner, you know. Yeah. And it's really cool. I want to show that video again because it's really short. But the video that we saw like three weeks ago with uh, that lady named Amanda. Um, man, you just watch it because you can see the way she uses it. It's like pinpoint accuracy, like a surgeon. You can see the Holy Spirit. You can see her being convicted, and it's like, oh, you know, and it's it's amazing. So let's watch that again. Turned off on me.
pray on camera or do you want I mean, I can see that you're sorry for your sins, and if this is what you really want to do, if you want Jesus to change your life and save you from your sins, he'll do that for you right now. God is here, he's real, he's alive, and he wants to change you. He wants to come and give you a new life, to make you a new creation in Jesus Christ. Do you want to pray? You just go ahead and pray from your heart. I so much for this opportunity today to meet up with these people. Um, I have never had my eyes opened so real before. I always thought that I wasn't a bad, that bad of a person, but it just kind of slapped me in the face today. Um, i just like you to cleanse me, Lord, of all my sins. Please just give me the strength to live for you. Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Thank you. Wow. That's, every time I see that, it's like, I get like tears because it just is like James says, it's that perfect law of liberty, you know. You see the grace just comes in and starts to penetrate after the heart's been plowed with with the law. I like Psalm 19.6 because it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the heart. And that's really what I see in that. That was a perfect picture of how God's Word, how His law, how His grace can work together with the Holy Spirit. And it's powerful. You know, there's no, there's no greater thing that we can be a part of. No, no, I don't know. Beyond this physical world, there's, there's nothing we can, can be a part of like being a witness for Jesus Christ that just helps us to convert other souls at the same time it converts our souls it changes us it changes our desires just like we looked at the first week um psalm 34 7 and you read that didn't you can you read it again because we asked and you all wrote letters out you know what you wanted to ask god to change your heart and we read this verse, and I want you to remember and and just keep going because if you'll put the time and the effort in this, I want to tell you it really will. It, God will give you what you ask for. Thirty-four seven. Yes. The angel of the Lord. No, thirty-seven four. I'm sorry. Angel. Psalms. Uh, yes. Psalms Uh huh. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Yeah. Delight thyself also in the Lord. I mean, we delight ourselves in so many things. and I mean, we delight ourselves sometimes coming to church and doing good things. Mm-hmm. But delight yourself in the things the Lord wants. He wants to share His Son with the world. He wants to share people so their hearts can be converted. And He will give you that desire. And it's 
it's the most powerful thing there is, you know? But you know what? As we close, I want to say there is one way that I've, I just, you know, stumbled upon that was probably the most effective way, uh, the most effective witnessing tool that I've ever found. And I want to share it with you, okay? It's money. 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 <laughs> now, I want to hand these out. These are million-dollar bills. Million-dollar bills. You know what? You get people's attention. It's an icebreaker. But I want you all to have one of these because these were one of the coolest icebreakers I saw. Do you want to hand these out, Rosie? I don't want to go to work where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> million-dollar bills. No. So, hand those out. Go from the top. The back ones are coming. All right. So, they're cool. I mean, they're, read them on the back. It's got the gospel. These, All the icebreakers. We'll look at some more next time. Um, but, but all of the icebreakers, you know what? It's just really getting started that we have the biggest fear about. Yeah. Right? And we, and we see these videos and how they do it. And we think we get we get intimidated because we think, oh, they're so good. Well, I mean, it's edited. I'm sure they were some of the best and everything. But I want to I want to tell you, if you're praying and you're 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 open to witnessing and you pray to God for a divine appointment and ask him to give you someone, he will. And I swear I've, I've seen it happen. You can bumble it. You can mumble it, but people appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty. And God will work in spite of all of our insecurities and saying the wrong. Yeah, yeah, and it's the coolest thing. You just like how how did that happen? Because it's not about us; it's about God. All right. And we want to give him the glory. So um, I'm going to pray and thank you guys for for participating. And we'll we'll do more exercises. Uh, I think Steve's going to teach next week. I think, and then we'll probably do exercises in in chapter three. So anyway, thank you all for participating. Does anybody? have anything that they want to share. I know that was one of the things and I didn't ask at the beginning but does anybody have an experience that maybe they they shared or they talked to somebody about if they shared the gospel and they want to share that? That was the exercise last week is to ask another Christian if they shared the gospel. I asked Kevin. I asked you too. Yeah. I think I asked Pam because we were garage selling together. Yeah. <laughs> and neither one of us did it. We were garage selling. We're both looking at each other going, okay. I know. We even bought a Bible at that garage sale. Remember that? Uh, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm yeah, I might, Yeah, Jim. Well, I might mention, like, when I, I mentioned this before, you know, or back when I was teaching stuff, but when I was first saved when I was 18, you know, I, I had n- I'd never really been to church. I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about any of this thing of Christianity. I didn't know all the buzzwords. I didn't know anything. But I knew I was supposed to share my faith. But I didn't know how to do it. Well, at our church that I went to at the time, they had a street team. You know, and I've, I've told you guys how. You know, I, when I got saved, one of the key things that helped me 
that tenderized my heart was getting tracks. Every time I went to a rock concert, these lousy Christians would be passing out tracks. So I'd always take these tracks and I'd read them at night. So I really believed in tracks. So after I got saved, I joined the street team to get over my fear of sharing. And what we did is we got a handful of tracks, we had a handful of these, you know, like dollar bills and things. And we, we went to concerts and, and we went to malls, we went to anywhere we could. We went to the plaza a few times and just stood on the street corners handing this stuff out. And it's just uh, so interesting and it works so well just to, to start with these little icebreakers and just talk to people. I want to join the one just at least one time to see what that's about. Yeah, so I, I told Steve a few weeks ago, I think it'd be fun if as a class we went down to the plaza or something yeah. around Christmas time and just kind of put this in action because it's yeah. really fun. And once you do one person and get one person to stop, man, the Holy Spirit starts working in you and you just can't shut up. And it is, it is just so yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, at Sam's garage sale, I passed out a lot of the harvest things, but it never yeah. got to a point where I would ask somebody, you know, about heaven and hell. Yeah, it, it gets... It's just not there for me. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I, mean, I did concerts. These guys... They were hardened, you know, stoners and stuff, and they get real combative, and it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to match Jim, but then I can't. Hippie at his easy top concert. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's always scary yeah. to think about it first, but once you get going, it just right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it can be, I mean, the ones that you think are the hardest, sometimes those are the people where God's plowed the ground, and, you know, they know it. They know they need help. We work in an addiction recovery ministry, and it's like you really see it. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I mean, you'll you'll see the proud and everything too, but sometimes people come in and they're just broken, and God has plowed that ground, and it's a perfect... It's a perfect way, a platform or whatever you want to call it, to share the gospel. Hey, so. you did it right there because that before when I was running with the gambling, I didn't want to hear. I didn't, if somebody walked up to me and tried to talk to me, even though I was raised in a church, yeah. I would be like, "Yeah, okay, you know what? I, I know, you know." What? Yeah. But it took until I hit rock bottom for me to actually listen. Yeah. But. And that's when you really realize the only person you got on your side is God. Yeah. And, you know, then you start listening. Uh, there's a lady I've been talking to. Her son uh, is on drugs. He cleaned out their bank, his parents' bank account, left him basically not even enough to buy food on. So I've been helping them out. And last night I went back over to make sure they were okay and took some food to them. And he come walking in and, you know, trying to play bully with him and his mom has really been having a hard time of making him stay out of the house and call the police and finally she did and I had to explain to her what I went through that my family had to do the same thing is give me the law and yeah. make ultimatums and for me to listen And but it took me to be down there by that river to realize how far down I was yeah. And that I needed somebody else to take control because I was not in control of my life. Yeah. yeah. And it took God to get into it and bring me back around yeah. to where I know I need to be. Yeah. He wanted me to be. Yeah. But, you know, I'm working on learning how to talk to people about God. And I'm sure I still screw up all every now and then as far as trying to get through them. But, yeah. you know, 
I think people do want to hear. They're just scared. Yeah. Because it's things that are out of their control, and they're, there's so much yeah. they don't know. Right. Yeah. There is. And that's why I think it's important. I want to commend you, Connie, for for calling, even if it's other Christians, and asking them about sharing their faith, because um, that encourages people. I think you called me right after I just, you know, um, I've tried to be more intentional about sharing my faith since COVID and everything, and it's it's helped because I really, you know, thought, you know, why, you know, I come to church and of course in life issues, and but that can be kind of a, you know, well I do it there, and but you know what, God wants us to share faith everywhere, and I was really convicted about that. And God's really worked on me a lot since then. And it I tell you what, that's he works on us more when we're sharing our faith. He changes us from the inside out, you know? And there was this I'll leave you with this. There was somebody that I just shared those COVID tracks with. I was at the store and I, you know, I saw this guy and I'm like, oh, I've got a COVID track, you know. Yeah. I, I, he left the door open to the freezer and I, so I shut it and he was going back and I'm like, can I give you this, you know? I said, he's like, oh, what's that? So I shared it with him, you know, about COVID and how we all, you know, have the sin and we're all going to die from that. And I, I asked him, so if you were to die tonight, do you, do you know where you would go and he's like yeah yeah he's like first he said I'm good bro or something like that and I thought oh no you know and then and he said yeah he said I've gone to I've gone to oh what was it so and so blue blue river baptist for you know 30 odd years or something like that and he's like he's like yeah I'm a, I'm a believer I go all you know I I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm sure myself and I'm like cool and he's like so I don't really need this and I'm like no I said you know keep it and share your faith <laughs> you know so I asked him Connie I'm like are you, do you share your faith and he's like uh, not not so much he's I you know what? I need to be, you know? So, I mean, you encourage me. I encourage him. That's the good thing about it. Even if they're Christian, don't just, like, encourage them to take the track and share it with somebody else because it's synergistic, yeah. right? Synergistic. Synergistic. That's the way the Spirit works. So, thank you all. Thank you for coming and participating today. I'm going to pray, and we'll we'll go off to, to worship, or we can fellowship, okay? So, good to see you. Father, uh, I just thank you so much that you've you've loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us and you want us to tell everybody that we come in contact and lord sometimes maybe it's uh, our fears sometimes it's our distractions sometimes i know in my life it was complacency or comfort and lord i just ask that you begin to change us and push us out of our comfort zone and begin to train us just like like a runner or a, or a lifter or a boxer would would train let us train like we saw in that video like a firefighter let us train so that we can be prepared to see lives saved that are on their way to the biggest fire 
that they don't even they don't even know is coming Lord help us to be soul warners help us to uh, be willing to allow you to change our hearts in such a way that we can be effective for you in these last days that we're in and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus name amen amen, amen. This little one. Okay, is everybody going to do exercise chapter three next week? Steve, I think Steve's going to be back. I mean, he's going to be back. You know, when Ray Comfort was first doing that, he had a good plan. He just couldn't get people to pay attention to him. He's a little guy. Yeah. And uh, when he approached Kirk Cameron, you know, when you got a movie star with you, you should have more attention. But he was actually giving away real $20 bills for their time. Yeah.